Good morning. It is good to see you. Thank you, Brother Shane, praise team, for leading us to worship the Lord already together corporately through song. And now I'll invite you, if you have your Bibles with you, to turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Uh, if you didn't see the message, we are having uh, a break from what I'd originally put out on the handout. For those of you that took that little bookmark, uh, we had not planned to be in Romans today, but uh, as I looked across what we've covered in the relationship series already and what I felt like we had not covered, there was, uh, I felt like there was a gap here, and we really wanted to cover kind of, uh, you can look at this almost two ways. One would be our relationship as Christians, our relationship with lost people. Or you could also see this as our relationship with the gospel. Uh, it's what Paul is describing here. It's what he's explaining to us is what the gospel is and the power of the gospel. Uh, but there's also in knowing the gospel and understanding the gospel and, and knowing the power of it, there should be a desire in our heart to share that with other people. So it's what we've been singing about today. Uh, is the power that we find in the blood of Jesus, uh, this idea that we should be sharing this joyful news with all the world. So as we look at this text, I want to begin, I'm actually going to start in verse 13. I want to read a few verses to give us the context here. So in Romans chapter 1, if you would look with me in verse 13, Paul said, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. If y'all would pray with me this morning. Father God, what a great opportunity for us to be here together, to worship you together, Father, to be encouraged as my heart has been this morning to hear brothers and sisters around me singing your praises, uh, Father, to see them fellowshipping with one another, but also for us to be able to, as Brother Shane has already shown us on a pie chart, for a very small percentage of the time that you've given us in this week to sit here together and to look at your word, and to try and understand it better. So, Father, I pray that we use this time wisely, that we are not distracted. Father, that I am clear and concise, and that I do not get off topic, but, Father, that we use this time well to understand what you have for us to understand in your word better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so we see here Paul is speaking, right? He's writing to the church at Rome, so these Christians that are in Rome... And Paul knows, and if you have read a lot of Paul's letters, if you've looked at Paul's life, you understand what he's talking about here, that, that he has this special calling to the Gentile people, right? God has expanded through the work of Jesus Christ, salvation to everyone. It's, it's this offer for everyone to be part of the covenant community. It's made more clear in that revelation that this is not just for Jewish people, but it's for everybody. It has been made 
abundantly clear. And so Paul is going all around the world sharing this message. And so here he's writing to the church at Rome, these people that are understood to be Gentiles as well. And he's saying, listen, I've preached to other people and we've seen great fruit for that. I'm excited about that. But I'm eager to be able to come and share the gospel with you as well. I want to come to Rome. I want to be there. I want to be able to teach these things. And he, he speaks about his sharing the gospel as it's this undeniable urge. He says in verse 14, I am under obligation to Greeks and barbarians, to wise and foolish, and I'm eager to preach the gospel to you as well. And so as we see Paul, this is what Paul is saying. He's saying, I understand the gospel. The Lord has helped me to understand this beautiful truth that has been held as a mystery for all the ages that Christ is God and he has come to save sinners. And so now he has this, this compulsion to go and share that message with other people under obligation and not in a, in a bad way, but in a joyful way. He cannot help but go and do it. And so I ask you this question this morning. Have, have you ever been in a position where you felt like you were just under obligation to do something? You just, you could not help but do this thing. Maybe uh, for some of you, this might would show up in, in standing up for somebody that couldn't stand up for themselves, whether there was somebody that was being bullied or somebody at your work that, that your coworkers were talking about them in a way that they shouldn't have, and you just you couldn't help but step in and say something or to make a remark or help them understand that this is not okay. Maybe for some of you, especially for a lot of our mothers here, maybe it's a time you can think of a particular time whenever you felt like you needed to step in to protect your children. Uh, and, and it's something that's an instinct, right? You don't have to think, oh, this is what I need to do. No, this is something that you instinctually, instinctually do. You are obligated. You are compelled to do this. Maybe it was leaving an organization. You were part of an organization that started to make some unethical decisions, and you said, I cannot stay and be part of this. Right? I, I think that that's getting at sort of the idea that Paul has here. He says, I know the gospel, and I cannot help but share it. This, this truth that I have inside of me that the Lord has given me is so beautiful, and it's so deep, and it's so meaningful, and it's so powerful, that I am compelled and obligated that I am bound to share it. And so I ask you this question for you to think about this morning. Do you ever feel eager, excited, compelled to share the gospel with anybody? Like Paul's talking about here. Point one is this. The gospel is to be shared. We're going to be talking about the gospel this morning. We're going to talk about the gospel is to be shared and the gospel is powerful and the gospel is for everyone and the gospel produces faith. But we're starting here because this is what Paul is showing us. He understands the gospel and he has been he's been sharing it with Gentile people all over the world and he's telling the people at Rome, I cannot wait to come and share it with you as well. I want to be there. I want to share. And I just ask you, do you ever have that feeling? Do you ever wake up on a day and say, man, I want to share the gospel with somebody today. I hope that there's a chance for me to tell somebody about Jesus. I hope that somebody asks me today why I'm so joyful 
or who, why I am who I am, so that I can share my testimony of what Jesus has done in my life. Do you ever have that feeling? Are you ever talking to somebody and you feel like, I just need to ask this person if they know who Jesus is? Because when I look at Matthew 28, the Great Commission that we read together earlier, Brother Shane, thank you for leading us as we read that together. As we look at uh, the, what we usually call the other Great Commission in Acts 1-8, right? That we would be, we'd receive the Holy Spirit and be His witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when I look at the call, the text that we almost looked at this morning, in Matthew 4, Whenever Jesus speaks to the first disciples, and he says, Follow me, and I will make you what? Fishers of men. He said, If you follow me, this is what you're going to become. It's, there's no possibility. There's not maybe. It's if you follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. It's if you are mine, then you go and make disciples of all nations. If you are mine, then you will receive the Holy Spirit, and you'll use the power of the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses. And so I just ask you, as we see that in the New Testament, these things are synonymous. Being a Christian and being somebody that tells about Jesus. Right? Being a Christian and being somebody that shares the gospel. These things are synonymous. If you are one, then you do the other. And if not, I think something is off. If we recognize ourselves as Christians, but we don't ever tell anybody who Jesus is, or what Jesus has done for us, or what he has done in general, if we don't ever share the gospel with anybody, we don't ever feel compelled to, we don't ever have a desire to, I think something's off. I think something is out of whack there, and we need to figure out what that is. So let's look at our our main text today, verses 16 and 17, to see why Paul has such a compulsion to share the gospel, why he feels so obligated to share this with lost people. So look with me in verses 16 and 17, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Faith. So Paul begins as he's talking about the gospel here, and this, this is, these are recognized, verse 16 and 17, this is recognized as the theme verses of the book of Romans. So we understand that everything else that he's talking about, everything that uh, Seth that the young adult Sunday school class is going through are, are kind of flowing out from this idea. And he begins with this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And I read one commentator this week, and he asked the question, he says, why, and he is expecting that we would think this, why would anybody be ashamed of the gospel, right? I mean, why is Paul saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel? Because wouldn't we all say, well, of course we're not ashamed of the gospel. Why, why would anybody be ashamed of the gospel? But I think right there in that idea, Paul was on to something that he knew that it would be something that we would deal with, that people would deal with throughout the ages, that the Lord inspired him to write this. I think it's partially because throughout all of time, Christians have had an issue. We probably wouldn't say that we are ashamed of the gospel. But I think sometimes when we look at how we interact with the lost world around us, it appears that we're ashamed with the gospel, that we're ashamed of the gospel. Do you all understand where I'm, I'm going with this? If you look at people around you, and you think, they probably need to know about Jesus. 
I'm pretty sure that person's lost. But I'm not going to tell them because they'd probably think I'm weird. You ever thought that before? To be honest, I've thought that before. I, I really think I should probably tell this person what Jesus has done for them and how they can be saved from their sins. But I really don't want to have the reputation of being one of those, those church kind of people. Right? Are we ashamed of the gospel? Because the world does not look favorably on religious people, right? Religious nuts as they're portrayed in movies. And I'm, like, Have y'all ever seen the preacher that they have in any movie that has a preacher? That's always so hard for me. I'm like, why is that the guy? They're, they're not all that old. And they're not all that crazy. And they don't all wear the collar. But that aside, that's how the world looks at religion. And sometimes we think, if I tell somebody about Jesus, that's how they're going to look at me. But that's not what Paul says right here. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And then he tells us why. For, right, he's tying these together. I'm not ashamed of it because, I'm not ashamed of it. For it is the power of God for salvation. Brothers and sisters, hear me on this. Nobody is getting saved without the gospel. You hear me? There's nobody that has ever been saved that was saved without hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. If they do not hear that, that they are sinners and that they are lost and that they are in need of saving but a Savior has come, and His name is Jesus, and He was in heaven because He is God, and He's lived forever, and He came to earth, and He lived a perfect life and never did anything wrong, and still died in our place. Why? Because He loves us that much. And He came, and He died in our place, but He didn't stay dead because He overcame sin when he died in our place and he overcame death whenever he breathed in an empty tomb and he came back to life and he's alive today and he's coming back and he's going to get every one of us that believe in him, every one of us that belong to him, we're going with him and we're going to be with him forever. And now I sound like the religious nut, but brothers and sisters, hear me on this. It's true. Every bit of it's true. And it doesn't have to be said like that. You say, Brother Zach, I can't remember everything you just said. That's fine. But you know who Jesus is. And you know what Jesus did. And if you didn't, then you wouldn't be a Christian. And if your neighbor doesn't, then they're never going to become a Christian. If they never hear the gospel, if your co-workers, if your friends, if whoever you name, if they never hear the gospel, you may think they're a good old boy, but they're going to hell. Because people have to hear the gospel. Because this is what Paul tells us here. It is the power of God for salvation. It's not part of the power. It's not one of the many options that give us the power to be saved. The gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ and who he is and what he's done for us. That's the power of salvation. Point two this morning is this. The gospel is powerful. And I want you to think about this for just a moment. For Paul, this is not some abstract doctrine that he read in a book. This is not him regurgitating something that he heard a preacher say one time. This is a fact that he has lived. You know, Paul, y'all remember when he was Saul, right? And his job is to persecute the church. And if you love Jesus, then he hated you. 
And if you love the church, then he was going to have you killed if he could, or he's going to have you put in prison. He hated Jesus. He could not stand anybody that loved Jesus. But then one day, Paul understood the gospel. Now, Paul understood in a, in a very amazing way because he was walking and there's the blinding light, and Jesus himself speaks to Paul, but Paul hears the gospel and Paul responds to the gospel. And Paul shows lordship in that he does exactly what Jesus tells him to do. And then he's, he is now compelled to share the gospel. And so for Paul, the, the fact that the gospel is powerful is not an abstract doctrine. It is a lived through truth. He has seen the power. And, and Paul went from being somebody that hated the church, somebody that loved the church. From somebody that was legalistic to somebody that was gracious. From somebody that did not know who Jesus was to somebody that could not stop talking about Jesus. And he never got over it. That's who Paul was and that's what happened. And he never got over it for the rest of his life. He was amazed that he had become a Christian. And here's what I say this morning, brothers and sisters. He never got over it and we can't either. I pray that you're still amazed that you're a Christian. It's amazing to me because I know who I used to be and I know who I am now. And to see that I got from there to here by the power of the gospel is still amazing to me. It's still awe-inspiring for me to see what God has done in my life. And so Paul said, I've got to share that. I know what can change lives and I cannot help but share it. Folks need to hear it. Folks are hurting and folks are depressed and folks don't have any hope. And that's not the way to live. And the only thing that can get them from where they are to where they need to be is the gospel. So he said, I've got to share it. I've got to share it. I'm compelled. I'm under obligation to Greeks and barbarians, to wise and foolish, to share the gospel with them. Something else I want you to see in verse 16 before we move on to 17. He says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation and don't miss this, to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so that's how the revelation came about. But brothers and sisters, here's what he's saying. Point three, the gospel is for everyone. Everyone needs to hear the gospel. The gospel is powerful enough to save anyone and everyone. Sometimes we look at people and we think it would be a waste of my time for me to tell that person about Jesus. Right? You can probably think of somebody in your life right now that you might would think about that. They're too far gone. Right? This person that whenever you see them, they are, they are drunk or they are high or they just don't care about anybody else. Or they just as mean as a rattlesnake. You think, even if I tried to tell them, they'd just be mad at me for trying to tell them. It's a waste of my time to even try it. Or they wouldn't even comprehend what I'm saying. It'd just be a waste of my time. But here's the truth, brothers and sisters. Nobody is too Jewish and nobody is too Gentile to be saved by the gospel. Nobody is too addicted to anything to be saved by the power of the gospel. Nobody that you know is... Too, too involved in their marriage or are too far from it because they are single. Nobody that you know is too young. Well, there are some. Nobody that has the comprehension to understand the gospel is too young and nobody is too old. 
Nobody is too rich to need the gospel, and nobody is too poor that it could not bring something into their life. Nobody is too much of a liar. Nobody is too mean. Nobody is too good on their own to need the gospel. And you understand. I'm not going to continue, but here's what I'm saying. It's for everybody. Everybody you know either already knows the gospel and needs to celebrate it some more or doesn't know the gospel and needs to hear it. Every single one of them. Think about the, uh, the parable of the sower, right? He just went out and scattered. He didn't worry about where that seed It wasn't, well, that's the path. Let me try and go around. No, he scattered the seed and let the Lord do the work, right? That's the parable of the sower. And I pray that when we go out with this seed, with the gospel message, we scatter it high and wide and far. Throw that stuff out there. Share the gospel with everybody that will listen and let the Lord be in charge of the results. The gospel is powerful and it's for everybody. Last thing, verse 17. For in it, he's still talking about the gospel. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Let me go and give you the last point. Yeah, there are four of them this morning. That's a lot. I, see, Jason, I made them shorter today, so I had to add an extra one. To get them all in. Uh, point four, the gospel produces faith. Now, not every time, not every time that you share the gospel will it produce faith. But here's the thing, we're not in charge of that. The, the word of God is clear that that is not our realm. That we cannot make anyone be saved. Right, that our job is to share the gospel. And to leave the results up to the Lord. But the gospel, when people hear it, and when they understand, when the Holy Spirit convicts them of where they are and where they need to be, it produces faith. And when faith comes, this is beautiful. When people have faith in Jesus Christ, there's a quote here at the end of verse 17, and we're not going to spend too much time on it, it's from Habakkuk, and we're going to spend some time Wednesday night. Brother Shane talked about it earlier. If you have a chance, come join us Wednesday night as we look at Habakkuk and as we look at this quote and we see it in its context. But Paul's applying it to this right now, that if you hear the gospel and you understand your lostness and you understand your need for saving, and you understand that Jesus is the only one that can save you, and you call upon him to be your Savior and your Lord, then you will become righteous. And the righteous shall live by faith. You see, the gospel doesn't just give us knowledge. It doesn't give us just give us understanding, right? We understand that God is righteous. It says that, that the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. So we understand how righteous God is, and we understand how we can become righteous like God is. And so it gives us knowledge, and it gives us understanding, but it also produces faith in us and that changes absolutely everything brothers and sisters the gospel of jesus christ is powerful and it's an amazing truth and it's something that we never outgrow and it's something that i pray that we never stop being in awe of what it did in our lives how it changed us how it got us to where we are and how it's going to get us to where we're going Right? It's not going to stop. Once we become Christians and we have faith in Jesus Christ, there's a promise that he's going to complete 
the work that he has begun in us. We're going to continue to grow to be like him throughout our whole lives. And then one day we're going to go and be with him. And we'll be completely sinless as he is when we're in heaven. But brothers and sisters, nobody begins that journey without hearing the gospel. And so I, I go back to kind of one of those opening questions that I asked. Do you ever have a desire to share the gospel with anybody? When you do, when you do feel that you should, whenever the Holy Spirit prompts you, and I trust that he does if you're a Christian, that you've had that feeling, that there's somebody and you just felt like I should probably, I don't know exactly how to go out there, but I should probably ask them if they go to church. I should ask them if they know Jesus. I should ask them something. When you do have that feeling, do you suppress it because you're ashamed? Because you don't want them to look at you like you're weird or strange? It's okay. I think all of us have probably had that feeling before. You're not, I'm not saying that you're a terrible person if you're feeling that, but here's what I'm saying, brothers and sisters. That feeling is natural for lost people, but that feeling is not natural. It should not be natural for us as Christians. Let me say it that way. We should recognize that that is our old flesh, that that is the old sinful us still trying to fight up because if we understand what the gospel really is and how powerful it is and how people, how desperately people need it and that Jesus told us time and time again that this is our job is to share this message with all the world, then it shouldn't seem strange, it should seem natural. This is what I've called to do. This is what I've been prepared to do. I've been given a testimony. I've been given the Holy Spirit so that I would have the power to be Christ's witness, right? We've been prepared. We've been trained. We've been called. We've been commissioned to share the gospel. If we're not ever sharing the gospel, then we're not doing our job. At least that part. It's not all that we're called to do as Christians, but it's a big thing that we're called to do. And so this morning... We're going to have a time of response. I'm going to ask you if you would to stand. And maybe some of you just need to spend a little time praying. Just spend some time praying and asking the Lord, Lord.